0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: With form proving elusive in Scudetto race, Milan's two giants will be looking for a reset button when they face off on Tuesday. As Dusan Vlaovic prepares for a hostile reception at his old hunting ground where Fiorentina Take on Juventus. And I'm here alongside Paramount Plus's Serie A commentary duo, the deluxe, the man behind the booth, the absolute legends, Matteo Bonetti and Ray Cordero, to break it all down. The Che Golazo Coppa Italia preview begins right now. Everybody, Welcome to Que go Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Que go Lasso pod on Twitter. Anywhere you listen to your pods, we're on YouTube.com forward slash Que Of course, nearly there to 10,000 subscribers. Please help us get there very, very soon. Right there. And it's a very special, a very Italian, an absolutely magnificent episode with Drake Cordero and Matteo Bonetti. Now, before, because this is our second taping of it, because Dre Cordero's headphones went off, I'm going to go now to Matteo Bonetti first. Matteo, how are you, buddy?
2: I'm I'm really well, and I feel bad because your first intro somehow was even more energetic than what we just heard, which was sensational. That was a 12 out of 10. By the way, was there some memo about we're all wearing like dad earth tone sweaters today? Like this it looks the, like uh, this has been pre-planned, and I'm I'm getting a little bit creeped out by it because maybe I wasn't into you and Dre coordinating. Dre, I know you're a big time fashion coordinator, so
1: the, this is the over 40s Gap commercial. I think is, is what we're doing. Here. Dre Cordero, how are you, buddy?
3: man, I am golden. You know, I, I I caught a flight out of Miami at 7 a.m. Uh, this morning, just checking to my hotel just in time uh, to record this. But your energy and this coffee will get me through it, man. So I-,
1: I love it. And you know what? I am so happy to have my boys here, Mateo, Andre, as they are part, of course, of our exclusive only place you can watch it in North America. Serie A, Paramount Plus and Coppa Italia is here to go. But before we get there, Boys, let's first talk about some SETI uh, reactions. Uh, our good producer uh, Desnar has put it up on the screen, the table, as we discussed the most recent game, which is Napoli. Napoli, top of the table, 2 1. They reached the summit. So let's go first with you, Matteo. Can they stay there for 11 more match days? What do you make of Napoli finally coming back to number one? Yeah, of course they can
2: stay there. I mean, they were there at the start of the season. Then they had a little bit of a lull, which is to be expected when you're without your best defender, Koulibaly, your best midfielder, Fabian Ruiz, and your best striker, Victor Oseman, who's just been crushed by injuries between the facial fractures, COVID. He hasn't been able to get a consistent run of form. The good news now, all the big guns are back into the lineup. The game over the weekend against Lazio was sensational. Last second winner from Fabian Ruiz, who scored, I think, six goals now. From outside the box one better than the next i think that they're going to be there in the scudetto hunt we've been saying it time and time again now throughout the season this is the best scudetto race that we've seen in about 13 12 or 13 years andres i think you sent me the last time yeah. that we had such a close race and it was what 2010 20 2009 anyway long time ago we haven't seen this in the, in the entire decade of the 2010s
3: yeah at this at this stage of the season having you know, three teams that are almost in the dead heat and then one other that's sort of an outside, you know, dark horse that can still get in there. You have to go back to the 2010-2011 Serie A season. That was the last uh, non-Juve before Juve ran off nine straight, right? So that's Max Allegri's Milan uh, winning it in 2010-2011. Uh, then Juventus go on to dominate for a decade in Serie A. It's a little bit poetic that it's Max Allegri's Juve now sort of trying to reclaim that past glory and trying to catch up those other three to, to make it a real like tight uh, table. Um, this is as much fun as you're going to have watching any European league this year. I don't care what's going on in the premier league uh, or in La Liga or anywhere else. It's it's not just the proximity that that these teams have to each other on the table and in points. It's that the, the quality of the games, the big games between the seven sisters, um, the quality of uh, the matches when relegation teams take on the title contenders. It's as good as any brand of football, you played include anywhere in the world right now. So if you're not watching, it's on you.
1: Yeah, exciting things. Andre. you don't need to be bitter about it. We're watching it. Don't worry. We're all paying attention. It's all good. He's saying don't watch Aston
2: Villa. You've got Inter Juve or one of the other derbies. I don't want to see your tweets about Aston Villa players. I want you to be locked in Calcio 24-7. We're now doing the Thursday show. We're not doing the Aston Villa show. We are doing the Calcio Corner show, okay? I need you 24-7 breathing, eating, drinking, thinking about calcio and nothing else. No Aida de gallina, no Peruvian food, and certainly Ooh. no Aston Villa. Well, Matteo Benetti,
1: thank you so much for being part of the show. That's it. Thank you, everybody. There it's is no way in harsh. the world I that I will ever harsh. remove this or ají de gallina. How dare you, my friend? But yes, let's continue, of course, about something that Matteo just mentioned, by the way. A I very nice surprise package. Well, Matteo, I know that you are, you know, Mr. Broadcasting Legend, but here in podcast form... <laughs> You really need to be focusing on the details. Yes, Mateo, we were meant to talk about it later. But yes, I excited, we have a Luis. great surprise for you. You everybody.
2: Me. That's why. When I'm in your presence, it's an intimidating <laughs> glow that you give off and I lose my train of thought. It's, it's what happens. We
1: have a great new segment coming for you here at kego Lasso Calcio Corner. See how we did that? Very nice with the alliteration. But we have Calcio Corner coming up every single week. On Thursdays, we will cover the beautiful Italian game in all aspects, and we'll have Dre, we'll have Matteo, we'll have our entire Paramount Plus crew chiming in, and we'll have so much fun. So, you know, Matteo, I think you did a good job just for I mean, I mean, if, if not me, it should have been you that said it. So well done. So, how excited are you about it, Matteo? As uh, you know, looking ahead to Calcio Corner, do you like the name, by the way?
2: I love the name. Uh, I, I think it flows very well. I can see a nice little graphic already being done by the amazing team that we have behind the scenes in uh, Paramount. And look, it, it's just another chance to get people online, to get to know us, to get to know to get to know you, Luis, who's been following City your whole life. And just to get this nice rotation of some of the people that you hear and see on a weekly basis covering the league that I hope most of you love at home.
3: I just got to thinking, like, uh, what was the last time, what was the last Peruvian to score in Serie A? Was it Lapadula?
1: Padula? La Padula, Sorry. I believe.
3: Must have been, right? La Padula for Milan in, in Serie A? Was that it last? must have
1: been, yeah. I know. It's no, very no, La Padula
3: for,
2: for Leche. He was at Leche before he went down. In, in Serie A. Oh, Leche went, and okay. Benevento as well. I think he played Benevento or was that Serie B now? I, I forget, and I shouldn't because La Padula is a legend. Are
3: correcting me without being sure that you're correct? It right? was definitely, no, no. But he It must have been La Padula, Benevento
1: when they were going down, but he still scored. So All I think that's what right. it right. is. Yeah, that's right. It's, but look, see, now that you bring up La Padula, there's, there's no doubt about it that uh, Steady Eye is the king, and we're just going <laughs> <continue talking>. to. No, <laughs> but. To Matteo's point, though, is a very good point. Listen, Andres, of course, Seria is so sexy right now. The race is absolutely unbelievable. So definitely we're talking and we're so excited to announce Coucho Corner. That's Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. OK, so join me alongside a revolving cast of Paramount Plus' uh, beautiful cast, including Matteo Bonetti, Dre Cordero, of course, on Que Golazo, YouTube channel for the Calcio Corner. Right then, let's talk about Coppa Italia. Dre, let's go with you first. Let's talk about Milan. Against Inter, that's Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Paramount Plus. Dre and Mateo will be there calling this game. Let's focus on Inter first, Dre, for a second, because you know one win in the last six, winless in the last four in league outings. There are no major injuries, so I'm wondering, is now Simone Inzaghi really the one to blame here?
3: So I think Inter is the team for which the, the Coppa Italia probably does the least, right? Because they're so obsessed with taking that next step, and, and rightfully so. They were, you know, Serie A champions a year ago. They've been top of the table for, for quite some time. Um, there's been some moments where Milan were on top, Napoli were on top. But we, we, we tried to label, we, you know, the, the, the sort of culture community tried to label Inter prohibited favorites at the start of the season. And there just aren't any prohibited favorites in this in this campaign. And I think this Coppa Italia in particular probably means a lot more to maybe Fiorentina more than anyone because it's their best chance at a trophy. Um, Juventus to reclaim you know some sort of hegemon status. Um, Milan because they haven't won anything since I think twenty what thirteen maybe was a Super Coppa or something along those lines. The last time that they won a, treble, uh, won a trophy, and Matteo would know better than I. Um, and so for Inter, it's almost like what what the what the cup is to most European giants this season. It's that's Inter and Inter exclusively. Like I don't think that Simone Inzaghi's season is going to be made or broken based on whether they lift the Coppa Italia. It's whether they can claim the Scudetto and whether they can get further uh, in the Champions League. And so to that extent, I don't I don't know that there's too much of a focus on Inzaghi to get things right in the cup, to get this right in this first semifinal. It's more about what they do in the play. Now, am I putting any blame on Inzaghi? Absolutely not. Like the, the most – I go back to like – I'm a Miami guy. I think about Pat Riley and his mentality of winning and of championships. And he always said – the most difficult thing after winning is continuing to win, right? How do you how do you repeat? How do you keep players hungry? I think Inzaghi's done that brilliantly this season. He's made Inter the most competitive team in Serie A. They've gotten goals from everywhere. I think there's three field players on Inter's entire roster that have played and not scored in Serie A this season. So I think they're getting contributions from everywhere. Uh, defensively, they're as good as anyone except maybe Napoli. Uh, in attack, they're as good as anyone, period. They're probably the team to beat, but the team that stands to gain the least from this Coppa Italia.
2: And the team that's in the worst run of form of their season so far, Inzaghi actually said last week that he didn't think anyone believed that they would win the Scudetto. So almost to kind of take the blame away from the players if there is this collapse last season, a lot of people seem to think that it was, it was said in a strategic way, right? He was saying, listen, no one believed in us, which – I went back to last summer and I, who exactly was the favorite? Because it certainly wasn't Juventus. It wasn't Milan. I don't think it was Napoli. I think it really was the most open season of all. Would it be a disappointment if Inter didn't win the Scudetto? I personally don't think so. I think things have gone better, Dre, as you pointed out, given how terrible the news stories were last summer, the the sooning owners and the money problems, uh, Hakimi and Lukaku leave, the managerial change with Inzaghi, who took the biggest step up of his career now. I think the weakness for Inter is actually something that Dre pointed as the strength, which technically was the strength, which was all the players, so many different players getting involved in the goal scoring. But I think what we've seen in the big games, certainly in the Champions League, right, and it's one of the reasons why Juve went out and got Cristiano Ronaldo's because they realized, right, when we get to the the most important games of the season in Europe, you need that true world-class difference maker up top. I think with Inter, the two strikers they've relied upon – Some of the most hot and cold strikers that you can think of. Edin Dzeko, who can go 26 goals, then 9, then 16, then 8. You just have to take a look at his goal-scoring record. There's no real rhyme or reason to the, the peaks and valleys that we see from this guy's career. And then Lautaro Martinez, who is maybe the most hot and cold striker in Italy, maybe even in Europe, when you take a look at five consecutive games scoring, and then he goes three or four months without a goal in league play. So these are players that you really can't rely upon, say, right, that's the biggest game. We know that one of those two guys will, will come through. The good news for Dzeko is that he can do a lot more than just score and he can get involved in everything. But I do think that missing that Romelu Lukaku now, we've actually seen how it can hurt this team only now. Because before it was getting masked by every, everyone scoring on the team, the midfielders, the defenders, Bastoni, Chao Noglu. But now I think you're seeing a potential area of concern.
3: But why shouldn't that continue to be the case? Right? Why Why shouldn't that same Inter that we saw the first half of the season that was getting contributions from everywhere? like That sort of thing doesn't happen by accident. Right? It's not that accidentally they were getting goals from midfielders and defenders. It was a product of playing in the opposition's half, of, of stepping into the opposition's area more than any other team, of putting pressure on, on the other team playing close to, to the, the opposing goalkeeper. I think, you know, I'll, I'll take exception with one thing that you said, which is it wouldn't be a disappointment if Inter didn't win Serie A. I think it wouldn't be a disappointment if Inter didn't win Coppa Italia, but it would absolutely Mm -hmm. be a disappointment if Inter didn't win Serie A because I think we all agreed Inter are the best team in Il Calcio, right? And if the best team doesn't win, that's a disappointment. Now, if you want to like you know uh, get really like niche about it yeah you know it wouldn't be a shock if Inter didn't win because there's other good teams it wouldn't be a a catastrophic meltdown if Inter didn't win because the competition is good but it would be disappointing if the best team what looks to everyone like the best team in Serie A didn't win Serie A
2: yeah I was only going back to what people were talking about last summer right which I think is what Simone Inzaghi was referring to when he said no one believed in us right because he's trying to take the pressure away from his players and he's also trying to rewind it a bit to last summer when nonsense. I don't think anyone it's was nonsense. talking about Inter winning the Scudetto.
3: But it's it's nonsense. Like, what, what Nzagi was saying, and you're revealing why he was saying it, right? He's saying yeah. it because he wants to take pressure off of his players. Of course. He's buying it. His players aren't buying it. The <laughs> opposition isn't buying it. The media's not buying it. You're repeating it on this podcast. And you're not buying it. So no. it's one of those things that you just... It comes in one ear and out the other because it's it's coach speak and nothing else.
2: Of course yeah. it is. But at the same time, like they, I think they've been overachieving based on what their objectives were and what where I think they were at last summer at the start of the season. I don't remember anyone saying Inter are going to win the Scudetto. I think they played better than anyone thought. Season- players like Chal Noglu playing the best football that they've had in their entire career, certainly in Serie A. Now, he's been one of those players, by the way, that's dipping just like Lautaro and Jaco. And I think because of the parity, it's hard to really call one winner. So that's why I personally wouldn't be disappointed if if for Inter to not win the Scudetto. It's like, well, there's three. It's the first time in twelve years that there's two, three, maybe four different teams all fighting for the Scudetto. So is it really a disappointment for any of those teams? if they don't win the Scudetto when it's three teams level on points and Inter okay, they still have a, a game in hand it's a good debate though Dre and it's a I, good debate it's, but he remember loses, like,
1: he's got to stop this, this I gotta He'll stop both of you because otherwise we'll be here for three hours and by the way two major components as well of course Inter still remain in the Champions League and of course this is a new manager taking on from Antonio Conte that's always a narrative but let's talk about AC Milan and let's go back to you Matteo for a second Milan have won just two of the last six league games and Pioli on Mondays said we can be better than in the last two games we've done a lot and it's time to reap the rewards it's the last step the most difficult one which is turning into winners give me your thoughts about AC Milan as they head into this first leg in the Coppa Italia against Inter Milan
2: well look it's the first time in about two years I think since maybe the first month that Stefano Pioli took over where no one was excited that I'm seeing murmurs in the Italian community about whether or not Stefano Pioli is actually the right manager. Is this the point where now he's getting... I don't know if it's exposed, right? Because he's always been, historically, I'd say, an above-average, solid City manager, nothing spectacular. Certainly not a manager that you'd get excited about uh, when he joins your team. He's, I think, overachieved with Milan. But now you're seeing Milan playing down to the opposition, which is a very big problem because you get results against the top six and then you squander points at home against Spezia against Salernitana, the worst team in the table that has a leg down in Serie B, and then last weekend, and it it feels like they're undoing so much of the good work that they've done winning the Derby della Madonnina against Inter, only to then drop points against what essentially are Serie B-looking teams with personnel. So it is definitely one where it, it feels like the old ghosts are haunting them from the 2010s where they'd always do this, always drop points against the bottom half of the table.
3: I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, right? Because we just just got done talking about how like Inter's attack isn't good enough. And it's Mm. infinitely better than Milan's, right? So for me, Stefano Pioli is coach of the year material in Serie A. I I think he's doing more with less than uh, Spalletti is at Napoli, than uh, Inzaghi is at Inter, than even Allegri is at Juventus. Like you look at that attack of... Of, of Milan and like Rafael Leao is finally like approaching what people would expect of him, but he's not blowing anyone out of the water. Like his eight goals are good, but it's not better than Lautaro's doing. It's not better than uh Edin Dzeko's doing necessarily. And so I think two things, right? Two parts of this argument. One, Stefano Pioli, coach of the year honor stream, because he doesn't have a ton to work with, and they are very much in a dead heat with the rest of the Italian Giants to, to actually win the scudetto this year. And 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 beyond that, like I think Milan are overachieving in a way that Inter and Napoli are not. So to to hear that, like, oh, it may be Stefano
2: Pioli's fault. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second, Dre. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this is the first time that in the Italian media. Right. Which is insane. I, I, I 100% agree. I 100%
3: you're, agree with you. are just coming up and giving us like what people are talking about as opposed to like, your own opinions, right? Like, well,
1: yeah. I mean, look, here are the numbers for one. Sir. They have the same record as Napoli. They're second in Serie A to, the, to Dre's point. Obviously, the squad is not as packed as some may think of other clubs, including, of course, Juventus with all their issues. They're still above them. They do, however, concede a lot, right? 29 goals in the league so far. That's only Atalanta in that top five has more only by one goal. So would you say, Dre, that even though Pioli, obviously a contender for manager of the season, it's still, we're just entering March. There's still a lot of football to be played. What do you expect AC Milan to do, not just in Coppa Italia, but ending this season? What would be an achievement for uh, Rossoneri?
3: To win the title and to to win the title without their two starting center backs, right? So like, yeah, their defense is great, but they also don't have Koulibaly and Rahmani at the back. They have a center-back pairing that wasn't their number one or number two at the start of the season. Tamori's out. Uh, Simon Kier is done for the season as well. And yet they still manage to be highly competitive every, in every single game. I think the, the target for all three, you, they are the sort of like outside dark horse, but the other three teams right now, uh, Napoli, Inter, Milan, have to be thinking this is the most achievable, most attainable, most winnable Scudetto in a long, long time. And it's one, by the way, that may be won in the like low to mid 80s. Right, It used to take... 90 points, once upon a time, 100 points in, in uh, Juve's case to win the Scudetto. Um, mostly they're like in the low 90s, high 80s. This Scudetto race could be won in like the 81, 82 point range. That's when the more teams can participate, including this, this Milan with a somewhat leaky defense.
2: Yeah. And again, the center back situation, I think Milan has maybe had, uh, other than Roma, I think they're the two teams that have really gotten battered the most by injuries this season. There's some teams like Inter that haven't really had as many problems as the teams in the top six, but Simon Chiara was one of the best defenders in the league. Tamori's been a revelation, and their partnership was, I think, maybe the strongest in the first half of the season. So to have one of the best defenders leaving for the entire season because of an injury, Tamori has had his injuries. I think he missed two months midway through the season. That's not helped. They've had to put fullbacks in the center back spots. I mean, Pioli's really had to tinker a lot with that back line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And now, obviously, of course, as we look ahead to the, you know, the final steps of this final season, interesting to see how Coppa Italia is being dealt with in two legs, specifically as Inter, of course, still have to face Liverpool in the Champions League and so forth. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about, well, first of all, A certain goalkeeper is never going to die. I swear, he's just eternal. And he has renewed a new contract as well. And we will talk, of course, about the other side of this bracket at Coppa Italia. Fiorentina against Juventus. Que golazo! Coppa Italia
0: preview. Drake Cordero and Matteo Bonetti will be right back. Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Copa Italia preview. kit. Go Lasso here with Dre, Andres Cordero, and Matteo Bonetti. They will be at the booth, of course, talking about both games. Copa Italia, they're part of Paramount Plus' exclusive coverage Serie A in the US, of course. So let's begin with you, Matteo. Let's talk a little bit about what are your thoughts, by the way? Giornigi Buffon renewing his contract with Parma. Could
2: potentially be the oldest player to ever play. In the top flight, if he can bring Parma back, uh, he's not in the in a in a great position to it's crazy to think that Parma are near the bottom of the table in City B, but they do have Buffon in between the pipes, he wants hey. to keep playing, and you know it he he's still totally fine for that level. I remember the last time that we actually saw him play in City He's can still make great saves. And, you know, I think of other people that I know in early 40s. They've got back pains. You know, they get up and they do a little creak of the back. And to think that this guy wants to play until he's closer to his 50s than he is his 40s, to me, is something that you could only ever see from the goalkeeper position, you think. But still, <laughs> throwing your body around when you're in your mid-40s probably not advisable.
3: Good point, like Dre. That- I feel attacked when he said, you know, people... In, I'm not in my mid-40s, but I, I'm awfully creaky, man. I, I went for a right, child I hear,
2: my- Honestly, uh, sometimes I think you're talking, but it's just you creaking your back. I don't know what, <laughs> what you're doing with those spines. By the way, for all the people I haven't heard, me and Trey are like an old married couple. So I'm laughing seeing Louise telling us in the, in the chat section... Keep it shorter. It's like when you get me and Dre going off on one. Like, there's, I, I'm sorry, but there's no concise. There.
1: No, I know. I just want to keep my job and make sure that we continue with Lasso. That's why. Go ahead, Dre. Keep on rolling. What do you make of the, your your fellow? Although I'm older than both of you, so no, we're, what do you no, we're go? both attacked, Dre. Right? Well, I don't you think you like go... liking our debate. then
3: <laughs> my, my when I get 45 minutes at a time, so we're not used to this format. You know, we get the, whole <laughs> half, we get the whole second half. Nobody tells us to shut up for the entirety of it. Uh, I think it's brilliant. And honestly, like, you know, the legends, I want to see them play forever. Um, so Buffon, if once your contract expires at Parma and you're 46 years old and you want to come uh, kick it with us in Major League Soccer in, this, in the States, come on over, man. I'm sure somebody will make a roster spot for you.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's keep going here. Let's talk about Fiorentina against Juventus, Dusan Vlaovic, facing his former team. This should be an exciting one. Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Once again, Matteo Andre on this one. Paramount Plus, baby. And this is Dusan Vlaovic returning to Stadio Franchi. And he said, my feelings are a bit mixed. Uh, We'll go there. It's a football match. That's all I can say. I have always said that I think Fiorentina for all the wonderful years there and they will always be a part of me. It's a bit. Strange. Uh, so, Dre, what do you make of this Vlahovic returning and Piatic? Of course, he's a Coppa Italia specialist. Uh, what, yeah. what do you make of this game? Talk to me.
3: So, so Vlahovic is one of those players who, despite not having—he's very young still. I mean, he hasn't turned twenty-two yet, has he? Um, so, despite being sort of a young player, hasn't had a ton of Serie A experience. I was unashamed, unabashedly, you know, hyping him up to anybody that would listen because when you watch him play, he just looks special. He does. All of the little things, right? He does all the big things, right? And most importantly, for a number nine, if you go out in the market and try and get yourself a number nine that guarantees you volume goal scoring, you're going to have to pay a hundred million plus to get it, right? And so, for Juve to have once again uh snatched another you know elite young talent from Fiorentina, uh, Matteo could tell you the sort of history when it goes back to Bernardeschi and Kies and all the guys they've yanked away from the Viola uh into the Bianconetti, he is a guy who's going to guarantee Juve goals for a long, long time. And I would, I would you know, bet on him to score against his former team and make a statement against Fiorentina because he he had a little bit of a down period against Demiral of Atlanta, for example. Uh, There was one of the game, I believe, against Torino where where they did a pretty good job containing him. But for the most part, every single game, he's going to get on the end of two, three good goal-scoring chances and going to give you at least a chance. uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the player that he essentially replaces at at Juventus, albeit with a bit of a gap. Um, Ancelotti used to say that starting Cristiano Ronaldo was like starting the game up a goal to nil. I'm getting awfully close to saying that starting Vlahovic is feeling like starting the game up a goal to nil.
2: Yeah, and his productivity is basically Cristiano Ronaldo levels, but he does so much Mm -hmm. more for the team in terms of the hold-up play, which has been sensational. Just uh, the the touches that he was showing against Villarreal and the champions, like, you can play your entire offense. The way that Juventus play especially, which is more pragmatic, more defensive, a lot of long balls. Vlaovic has needed even more for his ability to hold the play to allow the rest of the team to get forward. I, I've been drinking his Kool-Aid. I've been riding the bandwagon. Honestly, there's still a few spots left. I think Vlaovic has the ceiling at the absolute highest in terms of the tiers of strikers, right? That Robert Lewandowski tier that's at the way high, top, that's where I can see Vlaovic going. I think he's got all the tools. He's strong. He's technical. He plays in that modern style where you can play that quick passing off him. He can score in a variety of ways, right? He can create his own shot, good in the air, right foot, left foot, outside the box, inside the box, good movement. This kid has absolutely everything. And you can see the flashes right away when he first started playing at Fiorentina. He just wasn't getting enough game time. And he's shown right away. He doesn't feel the weight of that Juventus shirt like some of the other players that have joined have, like Kulusevsky, maybe Desky. And one last thing, Luis, the hatred that Fiorentina fans feel towards Juventus more so. It is a rivalry, but it is one where the hatred is way more on one side than the other. The Fiorentina fans hate Juventus more than any other team. Robbie Baggio, Chiellini, Bernardeschi, Chiesa. I mean, the list goes on and on of players who have left for Juventus from Fiorentina. It is going to be the most hostile situation that Vlavic has ever been in in his career.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget it. When I was in Florence a few years ago, eating at a restaurant with my wife, and this kid came in with a Juventus shirt. The guys at the restaurant, no, we're not serving you. Please Can't do that. Can't do that. What a terrible mistake. It was absolutely beautiful. And I'll always have some Are you talking about
2: you? Was that you, by the way, with the Juventus? No, no,
1: are you kidding me? Uh, Loco Vargas played for Fiorentina. I have a lot of respect for Fiorentina. Uh, He was
2: a good player. He was a good player. Good shot.
1: An absolute legend that he was insane as well. So, Dre, what, give me your prediction in on this one then. But what, what can Fiore do in order to make sure? Because they just lost to uh, Suolo as well, 2-1. So they're heading into this one against, as Mateo said, you know, Dusan Vlaovic is a special kind of specimen. He actually turned 22 as of 14 hours ago as well. So he's an old man. But what do you make of uh, this preview then? What do you make? Can, can they get this done? Maybe not in the first leg, but overall. what What do they have to do in order to beat Juventus?
3: Yeah, Juve are very beatable. I mean, it's the most it's the most beatable UV side we've seen in a long time. Even though defensively they've shored things up and now look like a proper Allegri uh, kind of Juventus team, which they didn't at the start of the season. And obviously they've gone in a different direction the last couple of years with Sari um, and and with uh, Pirlo. Um, I don't think they're they're by any means like an unbeatable team. And and I don't even know that they're even like that heavy a favorite in this contest. I think it's a lot more even um, than anybody could 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 assume. And part of that is the player that was supposed to replace. Um Dusan Blahovic, um Rafael Cabral, I believe the the Brazilian Or Tour Cabral, right? Or Tour Cabral yeah. um steps in and now he's facing uh competition from Biantek, who looks he's got something like five goals in six games. And so they've got other guys who, who are filling in the goals who give them a reason to believe they didn't have that like Sudden hit of oh no, Vlahovic is here is gone. What do we do? Sort of everything else is working around it. Vincenzo Italiano is I, I know I, I put Stefano Pialo up as like my sort of coach of the year for Serie A, uh, but the main competition I would say I would uh, think is Vincenzo Italiano, who's got them playing just beautiful football, um, attacking football, and I I think this is going to be decided in the second leg uh, and later on. I don't think that uh, that Fiorentina are, are that far behind Juventus at this point.
2: Yeah, in terms of the actual play style, I think Fiorentina is going to have most of the possession as expected. Juventus is probably going to frustrate the way that they play. It's going to be a lot of long balls to try to get in Bayern with uh, Vlaovic. And I agree about Italiano. I mean, the guy has brought a team that was hovering above the relegation zone into a potential europa League confederate position, the seventh place, and it completely revitalized team. Artur Cabral is actually fighting for a place against Piontek, and they said Piontek's not the Vlaovic replacement. He's the backup But he's been scoring a lot of penalties, but he's still, he's been scoring. Capilallo just scored his first goal with Fiorentino over the weekend. So curious to see who starts. I've been wanting to see the Brazilian play some more games. So very curious. He's definitely going to get the chances against Juventus just because of the possession that Fiore holds.
1: Yeah, and to your point, Fiorentina are only two points behind that conference league spot that you were mentioning that Roma occupied with 44 and Fiorentina have 42, and they have a game in hand, actually, as well. So, doing some good things right there. All right, well, nearly done here. I would love some final thoughts from these two lovely gentlemen. Come here on, Coppa Italia, Serie A in general. But don't forget, they will be covering the entire thing. Coppa Italia beginning Tuesday, Paramount Plus. Matteo, let's start with you. Final thoughts, my friend.
2: Final thoughts. First of all, I'm very envious of that tan you have, Louise. I know you were just on another one of your beach vacations. You take about like six vacations a year, man. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta talk uh, with whoever's doing your contract. My goodness. Uh, if- no, my friend, it's called
1: no kids. That's
2: what it's called. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Me, me and Dre are just like ghastly. Um, final thoughts are that you have to watch this league. You have there's so many storylines. If you don't have a particular attachment to any one of the teams, it's so easy to we'll create a quiz for you. If you want to do the personality like they do for the Premier League, what's my personality say? Why should I be a Newcastle fan? We'll do the equivalent for City out so you can find the team. The storylines are there. The players are there, too. And
1: it keeps getting better. Drake, give me your final thoughts. I'm sure you're echoing that even more so.
3: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't need to sell it anymore. I sold it at the start. Uh, again, if you're not watching, it's on you. Uh, and, I, and I and I'm not bitter. I'm just. I, I want the best for you, so I want you to be watching. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I would say uh, beyond that is the Coppa Italia, even in the semifinals, needs to go to a one and done format. Uh, I know that to have uh, you know the two-legged semifinals will make a little bit more money. Both teams will get some fans, especially now that by the end of March, A wants to have Italian football wants to have stadiums back to full capacity. But there is nothing more exhilarating, more more enjoyable for cup football than a one-off. And I, I hope that the uh, future of the Coppa Italia is a one-off, even in the semifinals, which it's anticlimactic like this, semif- isn't
2: it? And then they change. Go on. It's anticlimactic in, in a two-legged affair for a semifinal.
3: No, right, don't, make, whole, it, don't make it fun for us. All I'm saying is it could be better. It's I like fun.
1: The, the one-off <laughs> is the do-or-die situation. It cl- creates more drama. Absolutely, I totally agree. And in any other situation, if they were ever to play a lower-seeded team from another division, perhaps give it to the lower division team for a home game. That would be fantastic. But Magic well the BFA
2: Cup, on huh, Louise. You always get those little references in there. <laughs> no,
1: hey, what, what are you talking about? I'm talking the Peruvian division.
2: Ah, Oh, okay. Sorry. I I haven't followed the Peruvian tournament. You
1: stereotype me too much, my friend. (laughs) Anyway, Coppa Italia begins Tuesday. Some great games, including Milan Derby, and then the following day, Fiorentina against Juventus. That's Dre Cordero at Dre Cordero on Twitter, and Bonetti, Matteo Bonetti at Bonetti on Twitter. You can listen to them. Paramount Plus, and of course, the remainder of our amazing Serie A coverage. These two are completely correct. Serie A is the most exciting league right now in Europe. You need to watch it. Otherwise, it's on you. Dre, thank you so much, my friend.
2: Hey, my pleasure. Always a good time.
1: Mateo, grazie.
2: Grazie a te, Luis.
1: Thank you so much, everybody. Que golazo support on Twitter, YouTube. You know the rest. Have a great remainder of your week. Till then.